ready to get into this? I am. I am. I tell you what, been a wild and crazy one, and I get so excited to get into the Word. Last week, we started a new series called Fight. And uh, it's not a new series. It's a series, actually, that we did before, like three years ago. And we were talking, praying, thinking, like, what do we want to do next? And I really felt like God had put it in my heart that, bro, you are going to a different spot uh, your church, the church, the foundry is going to be in a total different location, but also a different spot uh, in this world, if you will. And there's some things that are coming up, and I've watched it ever since we've decided to do this, but also um, as we've moved forward, uh, that there would be something called spiritual warfare. Have you ever heard those kinds of terms? You put a little Elizabethan swing on it, and it sounds awesome, doesn't it? No, but we knew that with moving up here, God was placing us into the hot seat of this community. Part of our prayers were like, God, send us addicts. Has that happened? Absolutely. God, send us broken folk. Has that happened? Absolutely. Uh, All of us are broken, by the way. Um, God, send us people that we can love on, do life with. And we knew that that would happen because we asked for it. God, help us feed people, and we're doing it. Help us clothe people, and we're doing it. But we knew with this proclamation, this declaration, that there would be some, some kickback from the enemy. And we said a couple weeks prior to leaving the old foundry, well, I think it was actually the last week, we knew that we were drawing targets on our backs. We knew that we were drawing targets on our chests. We knew that we were stepping into a place that we'd never been because we were taking the church together to a new place. The enemy has not liked this. So what has he done? He's waged attacks. Have you noticed that in your life, okay? That he, he tries to get in and throw little things at you, little jabs. Remember adversary, devil, someone that just keeps throwing something against the wall? You ever seen that little that teenager that just keeps throwing the ball against the wall? And you just want to throw the ball against their head? Okay. I have a 12-year-old. He's getting really close to that. It's a blessing of the Lord. But we knew that there was a new fight. This was round two. We knew that we had to think differently. We had to pray differently. We have to do life differently. And we had to suit up in a new way because we forget sometimes to put on our full armor. We have to know that we are in a fight, but we have to know how to fight. We started with week one understanding who our adversary is, right? Um, Not just thinking that it's the devil all the time, but it's also ourselves, right? Remember we said, know your foe. It's not always him. Sometimes it's the person in the mirror. Remember, the truth is the devil's attacks against our lives wouldn't work if our flesh didn't cooperate. Rick Renner said that. Knowing your foe is looking in the mirror and looking at yourself in that moment. Also knowing who to fear. Remember that? The person that we need to fear more than anything is the one that holds forever in his hands. God. Fear of God is healthy, right? Fear of God is healthy, but fear of the enemy is not because he's like that roaring lion, remember, that is just a toothless cat. And all he wants to do is have that loud roar to send you to the small cats that can really devour you, right? Also, knowing how to fight it was so important, all right, that we need to know how to fight, that we don't back down, but we use the things that God has given us, then also knowing how to be free, knowing that we walk in this life and that we get the opportunity to be Free. So when we look at this portion of scripture, we see in Ephesians 6 that it starts back more so in verse 10 about talking about this strength factor. You see this here finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. 
Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to take your stand. You see that? Take and stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flame and errors of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. You see that, which is the word of God. So important. A lot of times we glaze over this story as we grew up in the church, maybe some of us. We made that observation that some of us even watched those flannel boards go up. And also I had that little doll, remember? That little, not a doll, it was not a doll, it was an action figure of a a guy that was in the full armor of God that I got from what used to be called a Christian bookstore. Now we just use Amazon for everything. We got our third child on there two days later. Wow. That's prime. All right. But we're challenged. Finally, be strong in the Lord, and in his mighty power. Be strong, which is, which is uh, a word that is, is, is something that we forget a lot of times, that it's this dunamis power, which literally means an explosive strength, ability, or power. I remember when I was a kid, I used to always want to touch the rim. Anybody else when you played basketball? Always wanted to touch the rim. But see, what happened about 12, 13 uh, no, the food just did not burn off well. You know what I'm saying? It just liked to stay with me longer and then longer and longer. And I, I, I found myself not being able to really touch halfway up the net, let alone the bottom of it. Because I needed some explosive power, right? You know, you got to get up. And, and it's funny to watch Aiden and his buddy Tyler's with him, and they're trying to jump up and touch everything. I'm like, you're getting the walls dirty. Stop, kind of thing. <laughs> But there's this explosive, like a dynamite kind of power that we're supposed to have, a strength that is within us. And Paul was helping us to understand this power was something that was deposited, right, into something like a container, a vessel, right, a receptacle, something that it's deposited in, and that's us, that God's power is in us. You're like, when are we going to start talking about pieces of the armor? When are we going to start putting on belts and stuff like that? We're actually going to wait, okay? Because we need to talk about this strength factor. See, we had to learn who our adversary was, who we're really fighting, but we also have to learn about the strength that we have as one who is in this fight. It's important for us to know that we have power. How often do you feel powerless? You wake up in the morning or you're going through your day or you end your day and you're just like, did the world just throw everything at me and I had had nothing to do with anything? You ever felt that? You know, or or you start to take a, a final exam and you studied hard and all this stuff and then it's totally different than what you studied. You're like, wow, so this is what hell's like. Right? Or like when you're building stuff. I love to build stuff, you know what I mean? I love to build stuff. It's fun. But you start building something, and then you get to the end, and it just falls apart. You're like, I have no power over anything. Why do I even try? Why do I even, you know, and sometimes life's like that. But we got to understand that we have strength within us, and it's God's power. And number one, we have to understand that it was made for you. Purpose made for you. Purpose built for you. 
You know, like I said, I like to build things, and I, I do love when things just come perfectly together. You know what I'm saying? It was funny as we were moving into this new building, and we had these stage risers. And, man, we just really didn't know what we were going to do with them. We were going to storm downstairs. Or, yeah, they're the little black ones back here, you know? And we were, we were like, what are we going to do with these things? It's like, ha. Ah. And then all of a sudden, we set two side by side, and they literally just slid right into the existing choir loft like it was made for it, like it was supposed to happen. See, God's power in you is supposed, to, it is purpose built to be in you. God's Holy Spirit power, explosive, dunamis power is made to be inside of you. And it's made to flow out of you. And you have to understand, listen, Psalm 139, 13 through 17, for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I remember when I first start, started dating Kara, I'm like, girl, you are fearfully <laughs> lip quivered and wonderfully made. Your works. She's home taking care of Andalyn today. Otherwise, she would have been throwing it, over, throwing it down to family ministry. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. I love this. The intimacy of God the creator and his creation. Listen to this. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts. Oh God, how vast is the sum of them. You are everything to him. You are the chosen, the chosen object of his affection, but also the one that he wants to place his spirit within and move through you. He wants to strengthen you. I love what the prophet Jeremiah was talking about in uh, chapter 1, 4 through 9. The word of the Lord came to me. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now look, when prophets spoke, people didn't like it a whole lot because they said the truth of God, okay? But he set him apart as a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. But the Lord said to him, do not say I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them. I love this. This is it. For I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. Not only does his spirit, does he want to dwell richly in you, but he wants to flow richly out of you. You always populate a list of why I can't do this or that, or I'm not good enough for this, or I'm not good enough for that. I get it. Trust me. All this is bigger than me. Way bigger than me. But it's not bigger than God. And it's not bigger than God's knowledge of me, of us, in this community, and what he's trying to do. It's not bigger than God and you and what he wants to do through you. I was challenged this week by Craig Rochelle, my wife. She sent me a little podcast. It was so much fun. And one of the things he said, it was so simple. He said, if you take anything from this sermon, take this. And this is what I took from the sermon. Do something every day that requires faith. If you hear anything else, he said, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. Do something every day that requires faith. How often do we access the power that is within us? 
How often do we just sit on it and not do anything with it? Again, this week, <laughs> fun. So we had our, our uh, I call it our security team, which is folks that are in our town, maybe homeless, maybe not, I don't know. But our security team, they sit on our front steps throughout the week. Yeah. So I, I was like, you know what I want to do? Something real. I'm going to go be outside with them. Because all this doesn't matter if we're not reaching people outside our door. It requires faith to be vulnerable to get in a conversation with somebody that you may not typically be in a conversation with at the grocery store or at home. If we don't activate this power within us, why do we even have it? You know? God wants to use you in an explosive way within your work, your home, your family, everything you do. But you've got to set the stage that requires the faith for you to activate it in your life. Yeah, you may feel like a prophet, and when you say things, you speak truth, people are like, I don't want to hear it. I don't like what you're saying. It's not me, bro. It's not me, sis. It's the word of God spoken through me. Second is this. God's power is necessary for the fight. It's necessary for the fight. This portion of scripture was written in the present passive imperative, which meant that the words were penned, right, that were penned in Ephesians 6 were from the heart of God through Paul. They weren't just merely suggestions, okay, rather commands on how we are to fight on a daily basis. He says, put on the full armor, and we read through all of those pieces, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. This armor is necessary for the fight. You'll hear as we go through these pieces why and what they do specifically. Why are they so necessary? They cover our vulnerabilities. They help us to fight, right, from a winning standpoint versus a losing standpoint. But why are they most necessary? And we don't like to give the enemy too much credit, but he's pretty good, isn't he? Watching your life over, I don't know, maybe the past few weeks, have you found times in your life uh, that he's distracted you just enough to get you off task? Was that bad, being distracted? No, you didn't sin by being distracted. You, you know, you weren't in some gross negligence of your Bible reading time or your prayer life or your time in your prayer closet. No, you were just distracted. And when you were distracted, what did you start to entertain? All kinds of stuff. See, the enemy, what's so great about him <laughs> is that he is, this is what Rick Renner says, intelligent, keen, brilliant, canny, cunning, quick, brainy, and shrewd. He is strong, capable, influencing, and determined. Does that sound like an adversary that you would have in your life that's constantly throwing the ball against the wall of your life? You know, are you picturing this now? Maybe it's that little brother, Okay. See, but we got to get into our minds this understanding. Yes, he's very good at all these things, but he's a defeated foe. We have to remember that he is a defeated foe so that when we get into the fight, God's power within us, his Holy Spirit, like Renner says, without the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit operating in us, not one of us can ever be a match against Satan's wily schemes and devices. Remember, I talked about that distraction factor. What does his Holy Spirit do to us? He gently puts us back on course. He takes that, that staff, right? Remember that? That shepherd's staff? 
got the little crook on one end and then the straight end on the other, and just gently right on the side of the sheep, just to like, you know, trying to go. And he's like, yeah, come on. Sometimes like, whop, you know, whoo, you know, that's 200 yards at least right there. Uh, some sheep were extra stupid, okay? But if we don't have his Holy Spirit just gently nudging us when we're distracted, what we end up, I don't want to fall. We just fall. Um, if we, we don't lend to that and listen to that and, 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 and calm down long enough to hear it, we end up losing the pack. And we're distracted and then we're gone. Because we've, oh, look, there's some berries over there. You know, kind of thing. That's what we do. And what the enemy does long enough, he's like, squirrel. We're like, what? Just long enough. So the rest of the pack keeps moving forward. He's slick, man. He's good. But God's smarter. The Holy Spirit in you is quicker. He's more able to help you, to lead you, and to guide you, to put you back on the right path. The third thing is this. And I love this. I love this. I love this because it's so important for us to understand when we're talking about the faith. God's power is not a one-hit wonder. My old pastor and I, Pastor Ted, I had to go visit him this week because he needs some major prayers, had a major surgery, and it was like a 50-50 chance of him not making it kind of thing. So this is my pastor. So I was like, hot mess, okay? That was part of the fun of the week. And um, a close friend of mine, and we used to sit and talk when I was on staff, and he's like, we talk about how we want sustainable change in people's lives. Things that make sense over the course of time, not a one-hit wonder kind of thing. And he, he had a term that he gave to me years ago called cloud chasers. You ever find those kinds of folks in the church? They go from one great spiritual event to the other, and they're looking for this big, ha, kind of thing. See, that's a one-hit wonder. That's like American Idol kind of stuff. You're like, what is that exactly? God is not a one-hit wonder in our lives. To be strong, it's an understanding that it's not strength for just one time, but strength that continues. Matthew 6, 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, or what you will wear. Some of us really struggle with that. Um, it is, is not life more important than food and the body more important than your clothes? So often we wonder about one specific instance and just camp on it forever too, don't we? We worry so much and we think he's only going to come through that one specific time but he's like, don't worry about any, just keep focusing on me long term. Don't show up to this certain event just because of this. It's every single day knowing that you will have clothing, knowing that you will have food, knowing that I am with you. Like Moses singing his swan song, if you will, to the people of Israel, be strong and courageous. And then we see that echoed in the life of Joshua, don't we? Be strong and courageous. God is faithful over the course of time. He is not a one-hit wonder. He doesn't just show up with something great one day. He shows up with something great 
every day. What frustrates me so bad, guys. Ooh, so bad. Don't do this. Don't do this. When you call somebody to pray for you, you're like, what do you mean? No, no, no. People that maybe uh, aren't mature in their faith, if you will, or maybe aren't choosing to follow God or something like that, they'll call their religious spiritual kin, if you will. Can you pray for me? I'm really struggling. Only when bad things happen. You see what I'm saying here? God desires for you to do life with him every single day in the good and the bad. Imagine if you started dating somebody and the only thing you ever did was just go to movies. That was it. What do you do? What's your relationship based about? Just basically movies. We love movies. What else do you do? Just movies. So where do you watch movies? Only at that one cinema. Which theater? Only the one theater. Every movie that comes into that theater is the one that we watch movies in. How many times have you seen that movie? That one about 15 times, because that's all we do is watch movies. What kind of relationship is that? God doesn't desire for us to be in relationship with him only in hard times. That's not the fullness of his relationship with us. The desire for God is to be with us at all times and all things. So like I said, that craptastic week, I felt him like crazy. I felt him. He was here. Was it fun this week? No. Mm -mm. Frustrating? Mm Mm-hmm. A lot going on? Absolutely. Was it any less present or any more present this time than any other? Listen, we have to have him here all the time, not just sometimes. Every day doing life with him because he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Fourth part of this is God's power is yours for the taking. Yours for the taking. Now this is a finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. This is a kratos power. And this isn't your run-of-the-mill Power. This is, as we see, the power in Ephesians 1, 18 through 21. This is the power that raised Christ from the dead kind of power. Let that sink in for a second. The same power that raised Christ from the dead, that simple gospel message, is the same power that lives in you. So a relationship died. Okay, you'll bring me back to life in this. It's going to be okay. A financial woe, okay. You're still with me. You're still powerful. It's because it's the same power that raised Christ from the dead, okay. Uh, a loss in the family, job loss, um, some, some relational situation. This same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. Which means in every single situation, Jesus will bring life to you. It's the Kratos power, an understanding that it is in you. And you see that on your screen before you too. It's yours for the taking, the Kratos power. Sorry, I got mixed up on that one. Sorry. The strongest flow that exists in the world. Rick Renner says this, God doesn't give us Kratos power so that we can sit idly by and do nothing in life. This power comes to enable us to accomplish some type of superhuman task. 
Have you ever looked at somebody in your life, or, or maybe even yourself, and uh, you think, I'm really wasting what God's given me, or they're really wasting this gift or talent that they have? Have you ever listened to such an accomplished musician, but they never play? Or someone that can build anything, but they never build anything? Or someone that has the gift of communication, but they don't talk to people? See, we have this power within us, this mighty power to do superhuman things that require faith. To tell people about the good news message of Jesus, but yet we never tap into that power. God has something big in you that he wants to do through you. He wants to move in and through you in a mighty way. What does this might look like? I look at this as like a strongman contest. Anybody ever watch those things? Those are so awesome. Wow. They're just like breaking stuff with their bare hands. And I'm over here in the corner in the fetal position crying like a baby because I'm like, they would do that to me. Bending metal, you know. Anybody ever see the power team back in the day? You know that? Oh, wow. They used to travel around to like youth groups and youth ministries and blow up hot, hot water thingies. And it was like, wow, you can rip a phone book. There's a secret to it. Andalyn at home puking can do it. You know what I mean? You don't have to be that big. An extremely strong man, a man who is able, a man who is mighty, or lady, a man with the great muscular abilities. You have this spiritual strength that you don't even know about. This Kratos power that is within you. And what does he want to do? He wants to help you stand. Our worship team is going to come up this morning at some point. It'll work out. But this was kind of one of those weeks I just wanted to stay in bed. I'm really fine. I'm not depressed. I'm not unhappy. I'm really fine. I'm just tired. You know how that goes. But I just wanted to stay in bed. You ever get those weeks? Some students are like, every week. Yeah. It takes everything in you just to stand. And this is kind of what, what Paul's talking about. He wants us to have supernatural strength. He wants us to have supernatural power. But he wants us to have the ability through what Jesus did to be able to stand. Have you ever tried to put your pants on in the sitting position? <laughs> stand up! Some people, they probably have to like jump off of something to get in their pants. I'm like... Wow, you're at like 110 beats per minute. Slow down. You see they're on their calf, you're checking their, their blood pressure. But God wants you to be able to stand. Because you can't ever suit up and put on the belt until you've, you've stood up. And so often life knocks the stand out of you, doesn't it? You feel like, I'm not strong. I don't have strength. I can't even stand on my own with, uh, outside of thinking about everybody else that i got to deal with or help or walk with, my kids, you know, my job or whatever it is for you, you know, whatever, whatever, my, my schoolwork. You feel like it's taking your stand. 
And what God's desire for your life is, is to stand upright. One who stands with confidence and with his or her head held high and his or her shoulders thrown back. It's this picture of the Roman soldier ready to fight. A lot of times it's like, I don't even want to get up, let alone stand up. Looking down, maybe I'll get lucky and find some money on the ground today. You ever? (laughs) No. Stand up. Go to work. Do something that requires faith. Don't sit in your room. Don't sit in your house. Don't sit in your cubicle at work. Don't sit in your dorm room. No. Stand up. Walk out. Because God's going to help you suit up for the fight. He wants you to be strong, but he wants you to stand. I was getting ready this morning, and I thought about something, a little, uh, little adage. If we don't have adversity in our lives, we don't have an adversary. If you're not experiencing adversity, then the adversary, the enemy's not worried about you. But if you are, and you need strength, and you feel like life has zapped the stand out of you, God can do it again. He can bring it back. He can help you stand again. What is your adversary that takes you down and keeps you in bed? What is your adversary that makes you want to quit? Remember, it's not just... The devil and his wily schemes. I always picture a wily coyote. Acme, trying to blow the whole thing up. Yeah. But what is it for you? What is it? What does he try to do to you every time? Once he distracts you, what is it the thing that he, he goes right away? What is the Achilles heel for you that makes it so that you can't stand? That's what he wants to work on this morning. That. And you probably felt it throughout this time. God's Holy Spirit was nudging your heart a little bit. And you felt conviction, which is good. Conviction's good. It's not just something that happens at the courthouse. It happens in your heart. When the Holy Spirit says, hey, work on this. Okay? So you may have felt something that is your Achilles heel that will take you down. You may have felt something that you need to work on. You may have felt something that has zapped your strength. And it may be something as silly as a scheduling thing or something as crazy as a family problem that you had when you were young. You know, it can be anything. But God wants to strengthen you up so that you can stand. Okay? And I feel like this is important for us to look within and say, God, I need you to come back and, and, and do, it, do it again in my life. That freedom that I felt before or, 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 or the peace that I felt before, I need it again. I need to be strong and I need to stand today and you're going to help me. So close your eyes with me this morning. You may, you may say, Justin, like everything just flew over my head. This stuff you're talking about, man, 
That's some heavy stuff, bro. Okay, let's start with this. Belief. You sit in a pew today believing that it will sustain your weight. You believe that it will hold you up. It's all about belief. So this morning, the first step is to believe in a simple gospel that Jesus came and died specifically for you. Yes, everyone, but also for you. That you may be saved. What does that mean? That you would have salvation, that you would have a place in heaven forever, that you don't have to to fret every single day if I'm going to make it or not. Am I worthy or not? That is the starting point. Have you given control of your life over to God? Have you said that I want Jesus to be my Lord, to be the one that that rules and governs me? That's the first step. And then we'll get to that Achilles heel afterwards. So if you feel like you maybe need to, to make that decision for the first time or something that we use, a, a rededication, a do-it-again, a do-over, if you need that, again, all it is is just believing that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died on the cross, came back to life, and created forgiveness for sin through that, a once-and-for-all sacrifice. If that's something that you want to do this morning, just look at me for a second. Just simply lock eyes, and then you can close again. Okay? All right? Anybody else? Okay? 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 Most important decision you'll ever make. Okay? Anybody else? All right. Awesome. Okay. All right. So now, what was the Achilles heel? That's for you. That's for you to decide what zaps your strength, what takes you down, because that's what God wants to firm up today to allow you to stand. Lord, we thank you. We fullest that your spirit is honest and true, that your Holy Spirit represents you to the fullest. God, that when we hear your word spoken, when it's read aloud, Something changes within our heart because, God, we hear you speaking. We hear your heart. We hear your love. We hear your compassion. We hear your desire to be with us. Wow. From the dust, you pull us out. And then you you dust us off and you help us to stand again. And you encourage us along. How great is your love, God. How great is your love. Thank you for such a wonderful model of what love should look like. The redemptive love that you have. Thank you for that. So this morning, we, we accept salvation. We, that we just have to believe. That we don't have to jump, jump through a bunch of hoops and do all these kinds of things. That we just have to believe and start walking in the right direction. But we also accept the strength this morning and the mighty power that is supposed to live within us. More of your spirit helping us to overcome those Achilles heels of our lives. We thank you for it. And we thank you that you're present and you're with us. We thank you that you're present 
and you're with us. And that your promise is that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you, Lord. What a gift. What a blessing.